Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing M. Night Shyamalan's Old, a.k.a. the story of what has happened to all of us over the course of doing this podcast. Slowly age right in front of your very eyes. My name's Eric. I will be leading you on this fine evening. Joining me, first up, special guest. It's been a while since he's been on. Please welcome... A bloody good horror OG, Mr. John Shelton. Oh, hey there, everybody. He of the famed uh, tweed jacket that he wore one time and then became his calling card because I can never forget things. <laughs> it's a the thing. homeless professor. Um, what was it? Is that what it the was? The homeless professor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also very excited tonight. Um, John Shelton is going to be doing the trivia at our uh, 2021 Halloween patron Zoom-tacular. Is that what we're calling it? And uh, mm-hmm. we're going to talk all about that later. But first up, let's get to everybody else. Joining me next up from Manhattan, New York City, please welcome John Schnars. Eric, hello. John, just let's... to be clear, John, you had a home when we when we were calling you homeless <laughs> professor. I think you you actually had a home. Right? I mean, you know, it depends on your go. definition. You mm-hmm. know, it was a little dodgy there for a while, but uh... <laughs> might have been more. Accurate, yeah, uh, yeah. America. Next up on the show from Richmond, Virginia. Please welcome Caitlin. Hello. Can I get more excitement, Caitlin? Hello. Nice. Love so it. So glad to be here. And last up tonight from Indiana. Please welcome Casey. Hi, everybody. Casey, what's your uh, what's your video background there tonight? Um, it's still Earth, Wind, and Fire from when we recorded on uh, September twenty. <laughs> uh, Got it. How silly of me. September. Yeah. I had no idea. I just haven't changed it back. Uh, well, I'm really excited tonight. Because I, over the course of BGH, we've really gone on a ride, John, with this M. Night Shyamalan character. Like, we've we've chronicled the highs and the lows and everything in between. And uh, I guess we're going to decide where this falls on that spectrum tonight. He's definitely one of the filmmakers that has defined our generation of film going. I mean, right? Like, yeah. Well, 99? He that refuses to go away, Sixth is what you're sense. trying to say. Uh, look, I thought he was done several times. So. <laughs> he's, <laughs> the twist. he's not, yeah, he's, oh, no, you guys, he's nothing if not resilient. <laughs> well, let's do it. Let's take a quick break here and discuss old. This is it, Shadowbird. Your big break in TV. Of the front time. John. Yes. I mean, with the way this hair is looking lately, let's just hope you never discover the gym because you will take over the world. <laughs> you, you put some. I mean, I do work out fairly often, but mm. it's you know. Do you mostly running? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, right. it's a lot of. Running. I'm talking like you get some, you get some like biceps going there. Like we're all in trouble. Get yoked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, if there was, you know, a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow, Eric, as you proclaim, I, I'd be, I'd be ready. But can we let's get the BGH uh, trainer on the line? You guys have worked together before, you know. True. Let's yeah. get it going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's buff as hell. She could get you in shape. You know. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't have the time. Let's be clear. But well. <laughs> thank God for all of us because we don't. Yeah. No. Them. No. I, that's right. It's actually better for the world. <laughs> You can't be smart and buff, John. It's just not fair. With that said, please bring us the word of the day. 
sorry, John. I'm a little little horny on Maine tonight. What do we uh, What do we got there for the word? <laughs> should we just? Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, no. You should stay. You should stay. Today's word, Eric, is silica. Mm-hmm. That's S I L I C A. Uh, also commonly referred to as silicon dioxide, a hard, unreactive, colorless compound which occurs as a mineral quartz and is a pr- and as and as a principal constituent of sandstone and other rocks. Oh, was this sandstone? Uh, it, it it is one of the principal parts of sand. In yes. the movie, oh, sand. Got it. Got it. Sand. Wow, we're getting real oh, esoteric no. there. What kind of sand or what kind of rocks right. are in this movie? Magic science Fuck. rocks. Man. Yeah, 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 exactly. Magnets. Nobody knows. Uh, it comes to us from the, the Latin silic, which uh, was, I guess, had to do with flint. Mm. Flint. Mm-hmm. Love it. They need water. Mm-hmm. John, uh, mm. what's the deal with this movie old? Old. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Thank you. Did I get it? Sure. You got the John version, yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You got every syllable that's not there. <laughs> right. uh, you hit you hit you hit the nostalgic version version for BGH listeners, which is what's important. I call him Knight. Like we're on a first name basis. Knight. So it's fine. We're on a middle name basis. I call him Knight. Um <laughs> A Knight joint. I mean, listen, uh, that's a cool name. Yeah, yeah. So it's old. a be- you know what it's a better name than the one he had. He should just be Knight. What's his first name? I could have looked this up. It's I him. It's well, all right. Michael it has a period, Knight. so this isn't like a you look at this. My Knight. My lady. Oh no. That's so much work. All right, all right. So old. Um, this is based, uh, as John called attention to, uh, on a. Swiss French language graphic novel Sandcastle, which Knight received as a gift for Christmas, uh, and then subsequently optioned and turned into this film. So huh. I, that was news to me. I, I didn't know that. Was but, there anything um, on that Wikipedia about what is going on with his hair? Because that's all I really uh, know. I don't. Or, or why he thinks he should be acting in his own films? No, neither of those things. Another were great question. Um. So this is, I'll try to give you this. So the main characters here are a family of four. They are Guy, Prisca, uh, oh geez, Alex. No, no, sorry, Trent. No, wait. Yeah, Trent and Maddox. <laughs> yeah, Trent and Maddox. Um, you got that? Those are their names there. Um, and they are on vacation. They 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 are a family who that is unraveling to a certain extent. Um, the the we learned pretty early on that there's uh, a likely separation coming or divorce. This is sort of like their last attempt to have um, a nice family vacation. Um, so they're in the, they're on this like very exclusive high end resort. Um, I mean, there's like there, there's like some stuff that's going on as with any uh, night film. Uh, there's a lot of it's an ensemble sort of right. There's some breadcrumbs being dropped. Yeah, I mean, there's an ensemble cast, but there's breadcrumbs that are dropped kind of early on that, that do become important, but like are also somewhat spoilery if you call them out now. Um, but so this family of four, they're on this island. They're sort of like looking for something to do. And the, the hotel manager comes to them and is like, hey, I don't share this with every guest, but 
there's this very exclusive beach. It's it's private. No, you know, you'd have private access. It's in this cove. Sounds like a um, honeypot to me, John. Uh, it sounded, it, I mean, look, it looked lovely, uh, and it sounded nice, but so they go, uh, and when they get there, they realize it's, they're not the only ones there. There's another family of three. There's, um, Charles, who's sort of like an older it's surgeon. And then his, I mean, trophy wife, I don't know. Is that, a, can I say that? Is that appropriate? I think that that's sort of what the setup was here. Um, and then uh, they have a younger daughter. So that that's kind of like the main group. They also run into this guy who's on the beach. Um, oh, and sorry, there's one other. There's another couple uh, where the, the wife has um, epilepsy and the then the husband is a is a nurse, which come, becomes important. So this is like the, this group uh, finds himself on this island or on this beach, rather. Um, and there, there's another guy there. He's a he's a rapper, sort of musician um, that they run into. He's like on the beach by himself. They don't really know what's going on. And uh, very quickly, a dead body floats up, and that sort of precipitates them all. You know, there's there's some freaking out as you would expect. Um, and very quickly, they realize they can't leave the beach. So like they try to go out the way they came, and when they do, they black out and land back on the beach. Um, they're later they realize like they can't swim off the beach. I mean, there's like, they try a lot of different stuff, but they can't get off the beach. And then, um, within the next, you know, 15, 20 minutes, really by the end of the first act, it's kind of revealed that this beach is causing them all to age really, really quickly. And so that sets up the, te- the tension for the rest of the film, which is, which is basically, I would, I would say they take, out. I would say they take slightly too long to, to realize that people are aging when their children have turned into different people. And it's like hours oh. later, they're like, Hey y'all, this might beach might be making us old. Yeah. I mean, but it, like, I, like the thing I appreciate PS, is that no, like, there's no Southern people. You wouldn't sure. immediately go there. It's not like you'd be like, Oh yeah, this is obviously yeah. we're all getting older, you know? But, I mean, I guess considering uh, the yeah, things so, they do leap to in the movie, it seemed to take them a while on that one. Fair. But so that, I mean, that's the setup, right? And, and that's, that is the rest of the film. They're trying to figure out how to escape. Um, as Eric points out, the kids effectively become the main character because like everybody else at the rate they're aging, because everyone's you know, older, some gruesome yeah. stuff starts happening. Um, Love it. I get it. Some of us are older than you, others here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> bro. Sorry. Sorry. At the end, it's just going to be Caitlin trying to trying to escape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <done> Sandcastle. <laughs> it's Caitlin and four skeletons. <laughs> we will say, given give four skeleton Casey's We're will just be them. dust by then. Um, we. <laughs> This is a, there is a twist. This is a Shyamalan joint. So we're definitely going to be, um, spoiling. So I would just lay that down now that you could be hearing spoilers. So be tread carefully. Um, John, as our esteemed guest tonight, what'd you think of old and, and how do you generally feel about Mr. Knight, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Knight. That's what we're calling him. I I've been on a real journey. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been a real journey with uh, with M Night because um, I never I was never a huge fan at the beginning. Back when people liked him, I wasn't that into him. Um, I, I the Sixth Sense and uh, Unbreakable, the ones that that people really love, I was always like, eh, they're good, but you know, I, I never never held him that high. Um, and then when kind of the the tide changed, you know. Um, I mean, well, he he was making really bad movies around the time of Last Airbender, all that. Like, that was undeniable garbage. Like we can all agree on that. Um, but you know, he's he's been on this like upswing, and I've really 
I can't believe the, the degree that I've come around on him. And I, I kind of want to go back and revisit some of the older movies to see if maybe, maybe, maybe it's me that's changed. Um, uh, not so much as, as M night. Um, but yeah, like at this point, like kind of since the visit, I I've been on his side. I've, I've liked his, his last few movies. Uh, I like where he's going. He's kind of toned down the, like the twist, like the master of twist kind of thing. And he's just, he's just making interesting movies he has his own distinctive style i think that's safe to say and this movie uh definitely fits in that it's i mean, I mean just to to lay the cards on the table this movie's kind of wacky it's a little bit weird it's it's an unusual movie there's a lot of weird stuff in this movie and a lot of stuff that i think can be a uh it could turn you off you could be like what is this dialogue that's coming out of these people's mouths? Why are these people acting in very strange ways? Uh, what's why, why, how does all of this fit together? This is, this is you know, kind of a crazy movie. Has and, M night met other humans and interacted with them? Yeah. Question. No, I mean, yeah. that's, yeah, Valid. that's kind of like one of the, the main takeaways. I think that's one of the through lines with all of his movies with is, hair like that. I guess kind of like maybe. an alien who's like, <laughs> observed humanity and like is making movies with humans yeah and, uh, but it's also very much feels like this movie this is movie also like weirdly weird convinced like an alien that is observing people and is also weirdly convinced that he has it all figured out with zero evidence to back it up oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah he's like Let me i got this <laughs> i got i got every sit, problem sit down and, and listen to what m knight's got so to, what got if this up. dude just worked out one arm that's a that's that's an m night that's a night deep cut if you know that one you're super fun caitlin what'd you think of old i really liked old i am i've always been a bit of a Shyamalan apologist um (laughs) have uh always really liked his movies i was a big fan of the village and just kept up my love from there that is the like the the village is super interesting to me because that is the divisive one i feel like largely there's a consensus on most of his movies it's 50 50 on the village dude everybody for every person i meet that like i love it i meet people all the time who think it's a pile of trash and like what about hold on signs is i thought that was a pretty i mean signs i would say signs is universally divisive as as the other one and are you and are you you're in this context you're saying the happening is like everyone agrees trash hot yeah. trash. Oh, yeah, I don't think I've crap. met a single <laughs> I don't think I've met a single human that likes the happening ironically yeah. saw it in it's, theaters but yeah <laughs> yeah we did too sorry but Kayla, uh, I no I really like I liked this I like a high concept movie once you can get into the like all right magic rocks I'm in like let's let's see where this takes us and it it was a good time. I thought the effects were pretty cool. The aging effects were done pretty well. I uh, wasn't expecting them to be as kind of gruesome as they got. So there were some cool moments there in terms of body horror. Um, I uh, I also thought there were some touching sort of family moments, romantic moments between, uh, you know, our, our main sort of husband and wife character and some touching brother-sister moments, which will always get me. Um, but yeah, there, there were a couple things that were a little silly, like the... Uh, it was a little convenient filmmaking wise to have the cave just sort of like, if you try to escape, you wake up on the beach and you don't see what happens, but you you're laying yeah. down and you wake up. Um, they like run backwards. like <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to see that. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, and the dialogue in the first act in, act in particular is really bad. Uh, but I'm, I'm good from there. Um, 
when we get into spoilers later, Shelton had a good point about the end that I definitely agree with. But overall, a lot of fun. Casey. So I've usually been a, a Shyamalan apologist. I've enjoyed a lot of his movies, and I did like the uh, village or whatever it was that was we were just talking. I got it confused with the visit now because I got that in my head. Um, he had some stinkers in there too, though. I mean, I didn't like all of his movies, and he gave me high hopes of a big comeback with the visit because I thought that was fantastic and I thought it was a blast and split wasn't bad either. So he did pretty good. And there's been another one or two in there that probably didn't sit quite as well with me. So I've had some high hopes coming into this one. I did get something weird out of it. It's, I don't know if it's the kind of weird I was hoping for. I felt like I was probably where the twist went and everything. I was probably a little bit disappointed. I was hoping for something even more off the wall coming from him. But other than that, I really liked, the cinematography, the body horror stuff was cool. There was some interesting stuff going on there. The dialogue and stuff, it was pretty easy for me to tune out and wait for the next good scene to go through there, you know, cause, and I didn't feel like I was missing that much. So he, he just, I mean, the dialogue in that first act, I, I mean, I understand what he's trying to do, which is, it's like an efficiency of screenwriting thing. He's like, ah, I don't want to, there's not going to be any exposition dumps. So I'm going to like cram every thing that possibly needs to be conveyed to the audience into dialogue. dialogue so yeah. it just leads to these stilted Although conversations there are, there where the parents dumps, are like, it was so wonderful when you won that <laughs> contest. And well, you're come see him. All you do is think about the past. It's, <laughs> no, she literally <laughs> says that. I think she said that. But there's a thing. Here it is. I am in the museum <laughs> looking at dead bodies. Shelton nailed it. about mortality sometimes. Shelton nailed it, though. It's like he, it is a combination of this kind of weird, weird, like, perspective he brings that very much feels, like, not human. Plus, like, a lot of these actors, English is clearly their second language. So you've got people yeah. that maybe even on set wouldn't have known to be like, this sounds weird. Like you wouldn't just say this like that. You know what I mean? Or, or it's like, they can't really adjust their delivery and, and maybe nobody could say this stuff and have it sound natural. So it's, it's what it does is give the movie a bizarre no, tone. It's, it's the writing. I, yeah. 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 In any event, what do you think? I am probably the most negative. I, I agree. This is probably for, like if you put all of his movies on a spectrum, this is probably further to the better end. Um, I like the village. Uh, if, if I have to like make a decision about which way I go on the village, I haven't seen it since it was in the theater. Though, so maybe I got to rewatch. Um, I, um, yeah, it's like, I, I just, I struggle to get over the hump with some of the like ridiculousness. Like, I mean, we talked about it over email. We don't, I, I don't know if we want to make a big, but like, the naming of the hip hop artist, I understand the defense, <laughs> and like Shelton put well, up a very it. good fight say on what this. It is. His name, he calls him Midside Sedan. Like, <laughs> I so don't, good. I don't follow hip hop that much, <laughs> but like, so I heard it and was like, I don't think so. Like, I just don't buy this. It does very it's, much sound like a middle aged, out of touch dude trying to like yeah. come up with what a young rapper yeah. might sound but, like. Okay, <laughs> think of it this way: if if Eminem didn't exist. And just in the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, there was a rapper and his name, he was named after a fucking chocolate candy. You would be like, okay, that's stupid. You know, yeah. I didn't think it was that far fetched. All right. I thought it was, it was very funny. funny. It's, it's, it's more so that his character is the only black man and he's like, damn, every few minutes yeah, that was making I mean, me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
No, I don't know. Like, I the the point that um, I think John, you brought up over email that like the the parts of this that work for me are the family dynamic stuff. I mean, ultimately, it's a movie about people like being forced to face aging in a like super grim and like you know truly scary way like it makes aging scary because um they're forced to deal with it in such a compressed time thing but the kids growing up super fast was like just you know sucker punch for me you know there's some of that stuff was really that didn't get me as much as the couple that death scene on the beach got me a lot more than the kids the kids because the kids growing up is fucking weird like well it is here's here's when here's the problem man you maybe you guys have thoughts on this. I felt like the like narrative, tr- like narrative knot that he was in by having these kids just grow up in this beach is that you have to decide if they somehow magically think and speak like adults, even though they don't have the yep. life experience. And in the in the transition when it first starts happening, and like in the middle of the film. There's times where they seem like they're trying to act a little childlike, but not entirely. And at some point it just shifts. And by the end, they're really not at all acting childlike. So, I mean, look, I live with a seven and a five-year-old and a (laughs) three-year-old, but like, and the kid, the boy in this movie is supposed to be six. And I think that's like the the girl, the the other girl. I feel like at the point that they were like, these two people are adults now and are going to have sex and have a baby. He had to make this decision to be like, this is weird if they don't act like like adults. They signal it. I mean, that is definitely true. But they signal like the kids all they, they all have, again, in somewhat stilted dialogue, these these moments where they're like. I'm feeling so many feelings. I like that dialogue. I did like that dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I like that dialogue. I like that. Handfuls of pasta salad. (laughs) To be fair, that is how I eat pasta salad. (laughs) No, I I really liked that dialogue because it was a very interesting, exactly what you're saying. It's like kids with a kid's cognition trying to understand feelings of like an older age, which is kind of, it was kind of interesting. Well, I mean, it's it's it was like, uh, again, you can't show them going through puberty in any like visual way. So like they have to like talk about it or they have to like act like teenagers, but they didn't have time to do that. Um, And so they have to kind of like at that point in the movie, it was like it's a little confusing in the beginning trying to figure out whose kid is whose. So at the point in the movie, they were about to have sex. I was like, is this the brother? And I was like, like, (laughs) I really had to take a second. That problem. But like the other thing. And again, you all tell me if I was like off base here, but like the boy has is on the autism spectrum, right? Like that was like the implication I took away is that like he was, you know, in, if I were to put it inappropriately, he was touched. He was, he had a, he was sort of a special boy. He was neurodiverse <laughs> for sure. No. And look, I'm not saying like, I don't think it was like handled inappropriately, but like, no. was I like, it was either night writing a wacky kid character because he doesn't know how kids behave. At the least, yeah. Yeah. Well, but it, like he he had like ticks, right? Like he was asking everyone their name. What is your name and what do you do now? I think it's like what is your occupation, which is yeah. Very, that like, also becomes so like I, a real I could convenient. do a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle, which is quite an accomplishment. Yeah, like I don't again like have what you kind of young Sheldon bullshit? Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I don't know. I so long story short, I like I liked a lot of it. Like there was a lot of things I liked here. I did, it just never like all the way got there. I kind of, I was fine at the end, like the way it went. I mean, but yeah, it's pretty the, like standard Shyamalan kind you, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you pull it apart, it, it doesn't. just doesn't stand up yeah. like on a lot of. No, I have fronts, some thoughts so. about it, but yeah. So 
I'm with everybody else. This movie is silly and I kind of love it. And it's like, you, when you're anyone is approaching this, you have to make the decision. Are you going to go along with the silliness and kind of take it for what it is? Or, which it's totally valid if you can't. But I was pretty, pretty down with it. Partially because it is really dealing with like some super interesting ideas about, it's actually the rare Shyamalan film where he is, because these are the two, there's two Shyamalan modes, right? I'll spare you my like whole Shyamalan rundown that I do every time we do one of his movies. But he's got two modes. He has like small Twilight Zone-esque where it's really, yeah, they get really twisty, but it's really a small story that uses these like pretty traditional tension techniques. It's just really good time, like good genre times. And then he has these movies where he sort of gets like, a little high in his own supply. He's trying to make some grand statement about humanity in the world. And he's got a big role maybe, in it. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. I was going to say he maybe casts himself. So, like a, and that is where he, world. to me, where he goes off the reservation, like, and what's interesting here though, is it, it's a, I, I would call this more twilight zoney, but there is, he is exploring these ideas of aging and humanity and relationships in a way that actually feels because it's, the scale of it is small and personal. I feel like it keeps him reined in and keeps a little bit of from like that scope creep happening that kind of happens with his movies. Um, and, and it's one of the really interesting things about this film is like that thing with the aging kid suddenly trying to, uh, verbalize what puberty feels like to a child. Like there are a ton of really, um, poignant moments in this movie I, to me that mo the, the moment for me was the couple now old on a beach and there had been like infidelity and they were sitting there and it was like they can't they're about to die we find out in a minute they're about to die but like he's got like all he can't see that was one of the most impactful things for me when he all of a sudden can't he's losing his vision he has some glasses and like, yeah, I was yeah. like oh shit that's well, like, she's losing her. She loses her hearing. She can't in hear. One it's so well done. And like, but they have this very sweet conversation where they're like, yeah, I can't even remember what it was about. I just love you, man. I'm sorry. That's cool. Um, <laughs> well, and they're like, I can't even remember why we wanted to leave this beach. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Like, like that was it for me. That was the moment they got me. But I, I mean, whatever. I've, that's kind of the beauty of it is there's all these different stories, I think, for people to relate to. But larger than that, it is a, a very, it is brisk. It moves and it's very tense. He, I would go so far as to call the cinematography in this movie experimental. This camera never stops moving. And I mean, never like it is up in people's faces. It's swinging around. He's, he's like, it's got, it's constantly on dollies and steady cams. And like it is doing a, it's, it can almost give you vertigo at times it's in some scenes. Swinging back and forth, almost like the pendulum of a clock. Yes. Tick tock. Oh, tick tock. See, that's smart. I like that. Yeah. Um, God damn it. That's really, good. <laughs> that's really good. But so that, I mean, that's fascinating. Like I, I really respect the amount that he was just going for it with the camera work and the cinematography. And I think it adds a real motion and tension to the whole film, especially the first act, the first, really the first two acts it does. I mean, you have, you have to have some flow. So it does, it slows down and tries to get poignant kind of sliding into the third act and then to the finale, but really everything up into and including the birth scene, that whole segment with the birth scene is bananas. Like it is an extended, I don't, it was probably faked, but it's like an extended single take scene or whatever, where mm. all of this stuff is happening in different parts of the beach. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, that was, that it's was really the moment cool. when I, 
decided that I love the movie was yeah. the, the kids like, and this is, I think first time you see the kids as like teenagers, because before mm-hmm. that he kind of keeps it off. You just see like their hands and well, he you know, hides legs. them with the cam. There's yeah. like strategic camera placements where he's not showing you people, especially the kids, because look, it w- they would have had to cast like 10 kids, you know, yeah. if they showed them, you know, <laughs> yeah. so. but you get the reveal. You, get the, of, you uh, look bigger. You look <laughs> different. So. My yeah. swimsuit's tight. But you you <laughs> get the reveal of uh, the kid from hereditary and, and the, the, the girl and she comes around the corner and she's pregnant and then, dude, that's a like, whole, that's a, oh like a shit. Five minute scene. That's an yeah. oh shit moment. The reveal that she's pregnant. They've had sex. She's pregnant. She gives birth. The baby is dead. Like all of this happens so quickly. Well, and they're it's like, like, they're all, five minute sequence. they're all freaking out because this is just seeing her pregnant is the first moment that they're comprehending that they even went through puberty. Like they're really understanding what it means that their kids that's where have it all this kind old. of like sinks in. Yeah. And then well, yeah. in this extended sequence, then they're debating. They're like, okay, well, like. Based on how we figured out how fast time is here, that means you're going to be pregnant for like 27 minutes or something like that or some shit like that. Maybe it was less than that. And then, but while the that's math, happening, they it's do a, that math pretty quick yeah. and it's not super. Well, so I had to get in the sand. But to my other point, like the silliness, none of it to John, what you said, none of it holds up to any scrutiny, which is fine. Like it's a, it is a, yeah, it's science, but it's a very fantastical premise in general. This movie does a thing that I think I talk about a lot. It's like a plague of modern screenwriting. What I don't know, because I don't, I'm not used to looking at older movies this academically, is like, has this always been a problem? Or is this a is this something about modern screenwriting where I don't know if it's because we don't want to do an info dump where or have a maybe it's because we like in a situation like this, if you decide I don't want to have to have a character that knows things to explain to other people. You have to do kind of one of two things. Well, three things. Either characters never find out what's happening and they just go through it. Um, they find some kind of documentation somewhere that explains what's going on. That tells them. Or they do what they do in this movie, which I, I hate. It's like my biggest screenwriting pet peeve. They take very random, disparate pieces of information and immediately jump to nonsensical, silly, complex scientific theories. They spit it out and everyone else in the group doesn't even acknowledge it. And now it's just knowledge. And that's what it is. They do that near four times in this movie. And if I would, I would much rather it's, and it's always correct. Thank you. I would much rather just have characters go through a movie and deal with the emotional part of it and never understand what is happening. than this bullshit, it just takes me out of it. Cause I'm just like, because then they build the story and the screenwriting on top of that basically like completely weak bridge that they built by having a bunch of characters connect shit that doesn't make any sense. Well, there, there is another way. When we get further into the spoilers, um, there is another way that I thought of that that they could have revealed this that I think would have worked a lot better um, than well, just them leaping to these conclusions that are always Well, correct. so we can do it. So the spoiler is that... Um, <clears throat> The people who run the resort are basically like it's a cover spoiler alert for um it is a cover for a pharmaceutical testing. company that is invent basically they discovered this beach. This beach is just an anomaly that people age there really fast. They give some bullshit explanation about magnetics and rocks or whatever. And they are using it to basically instead of te- and this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to say it anyway. Instead of giving someone a drug and then over time and seeing the effect on them, they drug them before they take them to the beach with a thing that they think might like cure Parkinson's or in the late one lady's case, cure her seizures. 
And yeah, then yeah, because they live out a whole life in like a day or two, they can track somehow, even though there's no cameras, they can track. No, they had cameras. They, they cameras. actually they had a camera they on the, the other monitors, but they do have cameras. Yeah, that's really weird. Anyway, but they, they track the drug's effectiveness over a lifetime when it's really a day or two. Um, and I guess that well, means that they basically scout out and kind of these people are marks that have been lured to this place. There's they got a yeah. whole thing when they get there. Now you're re, it's a Shyamalan. You they you recontextualize like, oh, when they got off the bus, they got a drink. And that was like their drug they're taking. What yeah. didn't really make sense to me is like, but wouldn't you then just have to take the drug every five minutes like you would if you were taking it daily for the rest of your life? You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make sense. You're still taking so, one dose of a thing. This is the part. So because like. They never really eat, but like if they're aging really Unless quickly, they're pregnant. like the one girl is hungry. Yeah. Like the kids are going through puberty. The and kids do because they're like, they're gaining mass. They're gaining mass. Yeah. But whatever, you still yeah. need. They but like, that. Then it becomes really important. I mean, pasta, talk about like a couple handfuls of pasta salad doesn't just make more body immediate. That's not how that But works. like the one, the one woman's issue um, is that she has like calcium deficiency or I mean like early onset osteoporosis, like, ah, they don't exactly say what her condition is, but like somehow no one else has to eat and they don't like, wouldn't they all get scurvy right away? You know, like if they're, it, but she has this like one nutrient problem that gets magnified really quickly, you know? So that's where it's like a little wonky. They, there's a little fast and loose with this. It's very yeah. fast and loose, which is fine. Cause like, it's not why you're here. You're here for the poignancy and the emotional stuff and the tension, like all that. And again, it's like, it's so silly leading up to it. I'm sitting there watching the finale and I'm like, fine, whatever, fine. Just do it. Like I was like yeah. indignant, but well, fine with it. Well, Eric, I'm you were saying like, that. Go ahead, Kate. Go, sorry. You were saying that, you know, with this sort of like two versions of a Shyamalan movie, you get like the tight Twilight Zone sort of like exploring what this little <clears throat> universe is versus these bigger questions. But I do think we get both here because we also get the question That's of like I mean, yeah. when we're in the lab later and we're seeing that the epileptic woman, like her condition was more or less cured. It's like, you know, do we sacrifice the life of this one woman for the, you know, better quality of life for X number of people? And, you know, and looking at what aging and like watching your parents age and watching your kids grow up. So like, we're getting a little bit of both there and dipping toes into both of those. Well, two I, I loved that. Yeah. And actually that was my favorite thing about the ending is that typically when you see a story where there's some kind of shady science unit, who's trying to like do something, even if, even if the thing they're trying to do in a bubble is quote unquote good, like they're still going to be coded as evil. They're still going to sound crazier yeah. megalomaniac. That's not a word. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's like the umbrella corporation thinks they're saving humanity, but then you meet the Wesker dude and he's like, got glasses on inside and he's like evil <laughs> here. I love this scene because what we see is like this very mundane, other than the fact that this is this completely, like overdone movie science room that's not real or anything, but like oh, like tubes with like oh, it's so, it's and like the lights, liquids. like mood lighting and like it's it's stupid, but like <laughs> ostensibly it is a kind of mundane picture of science life. It's not no one's an evil scientist. They're very they sound very empathetic and not in a creepy cult way. They're like man, it's like they have they do a mo they do a moment of silence. For, they do a moment you know, of silence for the victims. Like, like one I, moment. I kind of loved that there was nuance in that portrayal, even though they're still killing people. It's like he, they're kind of just posing this ethical question to you as the viewer. Yeah. See, I might that. 
I was curious, where did John, what was your plot thing? Cause that like you felt, cause I have one too that I'm curious, you know, that's what I'm going to say is, is that that it's just out of nowhere at the very end. Like that's interesting. All the, like the, like medical ethics and informed consent and all that. That's that, those are really interesting questions, but they come out of nowhere, nothing. Right. Ty- and they're, that's the last 10 minutes of the movie. And, uh, and that was what I was saying. Like, I kind of wish this movie, like the first time, because one one thing I don't know, we've mentioned that M Night is in the movie, but he's he's got like the most director cameo of ever. He's literally up on the rock. He drives <laughs> drives the cast to the beach and drops them <laughs> off, and then he sits up on the rocks and films them, which is like pretty fucking cool. Um, <laughs> but I think the first time that you actually see like, oh, that's him up on the on the the rocks, it should have followed him back and given us a reveal of the lab like halfway through the movie. Yeah. And then mm. at the lab, they could explain everything that's going on. Dude. And the people on the beach could just have some body horror and, and uh, all that was, kind of stuff. They, they See, that, like, kind of like Cabin in the Woods. Like that kind of like that's super back and forth. That's, here's the people watching and here's like yeah. what's super happening. Super interesting. Let yeah. me jump in here because it ties into some of the stuff John was talking about. The uh, um, You get them on the beach and everything and everything's mixed. And I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought now because I was trying to keep it in there, and now you guys <laughs> sorry, kept going, dude. and I lost it. <laughs> the uh, well, this the the thing that this oh. made me think of wait, is wait, that wait, 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 uh, wait, Casey, Casey, what? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that's why I was disappointed in what the twist was when I was talking early on because you get to the end of this, and like John was saying, it's this tiny ten minutes that comes out of nowhere, yeah. And because of the setup that you've got this weird anomaly that they threw in there and stuff like that, this turns into annihilation, the discount annihilation. Mm. And that's the thing. I would say like a twist is like in six cents where like, you don't that see it coming. Everything yeah. that you've already seen in the movie. This is just a reveal. It's just it's like, just any a, other it's movie. an explanation. It's yeah. where like, you know, Oh, this is what the bad guy's plan was. That's a super well, good point. Yeah. Forecast it a little bit though. Cause they're like everyone here in the family, like everyone's a little sick. What's your sickness? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it is. There are, there are bread. That's why I was saying. But like, that's the you know, point. They, there's a lot of yeah. breadcrumbs that are dropped throughout. Even the way they like deliver the drinks. Like you knew there was something weird about those drinks that they were giving them because like yeah. they were in weird glasses. Like it was just very weird. Yeah. Um, we read your flavor profiles. My yeah yeah <laughs> my uh, the fit look. I feel like he was on during because they shot this during the pandemic. I just thought uh, M Night was watching Lost and was kind of like guys. I got this, like you know, because it's basically it's the end of the first season of Lost for anyone, that, you know, if you want to go all the way back. But um, no, my thing, the the thing that kind of drove me the craziest potentially was the reveal around how they're going to get off the beach. And again, this ties into Eric's point about like they've like they make like eighteen leaps of logic. And oh, by the way, we're talking about a six-year-old here who like yeah. figures out a bunch of science. Um, but then there's this whole setup where um, he, when the six-year-old arrives on the island, he makes friends with like another boy. They have like these like coded things they write to each other. And that kid writes him a coded message, which like out of nowhere at the end, he's like, you know, my old friend, I think his name was Ibid or Il- Illib. And he's like, maybe. Yeah, he, he wrote me a note that I never decoded. That was real you know? silly. And again, it's only been a day or something, but it's one of those things where you're like, I get, I mean, that's a moment where it's like, that's something a six year old would do actually. No, but it's a but, huge leap to be like, to this random kid writing a note about the coral to be like, you know what we should do? 
Um, we should swim out in the dangerous ocean that's killed everyone who's gone into it, There's and then we should swim. There's a tunnel in the coral There's, that goes all the way. Right? Have you ever problem. played? Have you ever played Echo the Dolphin? It's just like that. And then, and I also have to call <laughs> shenanigans. This always drives me insane in movies. Like, if you're not a trained athlete or swimmer, you ever try to <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Oh. go underwater and hold your breath? That yeah. shit doesn't yeah. work. Ten seconds. Uh, I was going to say the same thing. They were both like Olympic level swimmers. Yeah, lung capacity of like Michael Phelps out here, and I'm like trying to hold my breath for like a fraction of it, and I'm like, well, I guess I would just fucking die. (laughs) And 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 you're not underwater. You're you're not worried you're going to die. You're sitting on your couch watching a movie, and you cannot do it. (laughs) Or anyone. That's my point. Like it's just silly. Well, I was even yeah. wondering as they started going off of that, and, got, it's, and once they got down to the tunnel and stuff, but I'm still sitting there thinking, well, what the hell are they going to do on the other side? Because the original... <laughs> yeah, the, well, exactly. The, then they got to swim God knows where. Because that, yeah. that whole thing, though, the note is then connected back to another leap they made an hour earlier where somebody's like, what if we built metal and then it would protect us from the rock radi- or rock yeah. magnetism? And well, it's like, that's-, that's never proven. There's no proof. There's not, that was just a guess. So then, then, then they go, what if the coral is like m- the metal? And I'm like, bro, do you science? Because that is yeah, not, thing we haven't proven yeah. anything. That's the thing. That's, it was a six year old. Like at <laughs> least when they're just like, ah, yeah, like, oh, maybe get a metal tube. Cause it, it, that, that dialogue is between just the brother and sister, you know? I mean, I, it, yeah, that yeah, was but, ridiculous. And real, realistically though, 86 year old that turned into an adult in the last 30 minutes and after a day and a half, still going to be sitting there on the beach going, ah, <laughs> well, I was trying to think like, okay, so their brains are developing some of those neural connections that everybody's does when they age. So it's like some of it makes sense that they would mature a little bit, uh, but they wouldn't have the vocabulary and the sort of like the emotional experience to to project that and have those conversations. We didn't mention. But I, Go ahead. I did kind of like that we have like a little secondary twist where, you know, M. Night is like up there with the binoculars and he's like, they're dead. Case closed. And then the kids are like. <laughs> <laughs> we're here and it's yeah. like uh i don't know and shelton you had mentioned that uh, you think it would have been better probably if the movie had ended with them building i think it would have been really poignant and beautiful to have them end as kids still kind of building sandcastles on the beach together um uh, sort of gratifying to have it all come it. you know yeah but yeah the the end was a little silly we didn't mention not, not that like the, the rest of the movie that was well, not silly the boy who, so, who we watched get older end. in his mid years is played by the dude from um uh hereditary alex yeah, wolf yeah, yeah. john have you read the comic on all those children no. yes but caitlin <laughs> that's curious really quick caitlin that's a really good way though to code who you're looking at because Oh, he I has that so like because they because yeah. they use three yeah. different actors. He's the middle one, but they put the mole on all three of us. So like on the other two, so it's good. Sorry, John, I interrupted you. What were you gonna say? No, no, no. I I was just curious, like if the sort of science researchy stuff came from the comic book or because the comic book's called Sandcastles. Oh, that's and interesting. I was like, hmm, maybe they just maybe they knew and they just ended it at Sandcastles. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so. at the end of the day, it's I was very excited to come and talk about all the like plot threads that don't make sense but it's just fun like it's a fun movie that also has these poignant moments and we didn't even really talk about like the other families that were there the uh doctor wasn't he the guy from city of lost children was i assuming that right oh dude no, the, I think so. the scene where they remove He's the one the scene where they yeah. remove the one woman's tumor is bananas yeah yes. so gross that's cool 
I like the they... body horror was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the death scene for the woman who had the um, uh, calcium deficiency was Wild. really gruesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a great breaking bones and then they heal immediately and then break again. That, now that's here's a really question, cool. John. Here's a question. Visual. Yeah. That, yeah. Let's say she woke up that morning at the hotel and took her calcium pill. Wouldn't that then have then just supplied her with calcium for the rest of her short, long life? Like everyone else's medicine lasts forever. <laughs> Based on what we know about the medicine. Yeah. <laughs> well, she did ask, she was like, I have a legitimate calcium deficiency. Is this a calcium drink for real okay. or not? Yeah. So maybe they were like, Teasing. Dude, like, I didn't catch that. that. Was there. I did appreciate that because I thought that was bullshit. Like that really seemed like, oh, the rich white lady is like, well, that's why the, the employee. And yeah. then like, I'm like, shit, she really does have. A it's great because you <laughs> right, you think it's just coding her as like a bitch, but then it's recontextualized later with that. Yeah, and yeah, her death scene is pretty amazing. I love the tet. I'm personally scared of everything, but tetanus is one of them. And the tetanus death, I was like, whoo. I actually really, um, name aside, I really enjoyed the dude who played the rapper. I thought it was like a really, a really interesting portrayal and like his style, like the way that they had like his whole costuming and he looked like he was in an anime basically. Like it was pretty wild. Yeah. They went a little heavy on the eyeliner though. Like he looked like, (laughs) he looked like he was like a, a character in like one of those Def Jam fighting games from like the PS2. (laughs) (laughs) So I, here's my question. When and how did he get to the beach with the woman who dies in the ocean? Because they like, got there the night before, or that... like at sunrise. It, it yeah. shows them before yeah. the other people come to the beach. Yeah, yeah, but like the hotel is the one dropping everyone there. There's like a gate, and like we know you can't get off the beach. Like, can Unless you get on the beach? From the like, like, maybe they were a little younger. And it's a little longer for their drugs to. He kick was this. It was a six-year-old mid-sized sedan who was dropped off on the beach <laughs> and uh, by a, himself. A and he got like super diesel as like yeah. without yeah. having to work out. <laughs> it was a compact car. And he was yeah, yeah. There you go. Get it? That's a car drink. Uh, it's terrible. I mean, that's uh, a really cool concept in and of itself. Like you're on a beach with, you know, some strangers essentially, and a body washes up, and you're like, "What the fuck do we do?" Like that's that's its own little Agatha yeah. Christie sort of like cool moment anyway. Interesting too, because well, yeah. like you run off the beach usually if you're not blacking out and running backwards. <laughs> did did M Knight did M did Knight sorry did Knight find a loophole in the ratings board process by making the naked lady be dead? Like, is that okay then? If it's well, and we see her alive. Yeah, you know, full. Oh, that's true. But I mean, like, she naked. Like in a PG thirteen movie, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. we're going back to the eighties, John. I like it. Synth music is back, and boobs in PG thirteen movies can't go wrong. Did they uh, ever say what what the doctor's ailment was, though? Like, was it supposed to be Alzheimer's or dementia? Was it schizophrenia? Oh, you know what, John? Okay, because well, they say that they should separate the mental patients. Like, that's one of the the, the scientists is like, oh, we should do the mental people separately from the physical. Yeah. yeah. All kidding aside, John, how silly in 2021 is the idea of movie ratings when every kid in a movie theater has a device in their pocket with the all of the most hideous <laughs> pornography you could ever want or not. Uh, all want. I'll say is as a parent, I do actually use the ratings for like a movie sure. where I'm like, should I show this to them? And I'm like, oh, PD 13, that's a little. Probably but it should, there should be two ratings. Does your kid have a cell phone? Does your kid not have a cell phone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I, yeah, that's I, I, the cutoff. Yeah, yeah, once that's they hit about 13. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like they're not finding oh, playboys wrong. in the backyard like I did when I was a kid, John. Like that's yeah, not how that yeah, works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't my backyard. They were buried in a bucket in my friend's backyard. It's a whole thing. 
<laughs> Let's be honest. Your your brother put them there. I was going to say, <laughs> it sounds like you're making an excuse for the older. Listen, new, we can get him on the line. Um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to talk about with old? So one, oh, this is actually a point I was going to make to something someone said earlier. Oh, well, it was really about, Eric, your point on when characters learn things. One thing, so I, I haven't like fully processed this, but like if you saw this movie without seeing the trailer or any of the marketing, like you'd be experiencing it somewhat the same way the characters were. I think virtually everyone who saw this movie, you go in knowing that the beach makes them older. Like, hey, it's the called title? old. It's called yeah, old. I know, but like old is a pretty fucking well, whatever. Like the, that could be a lot of the shit. The beach was but taken, unfortunately. The, the trailer tells you exactly what's happening. And even the the poster has like the woman's it's like her the the main poster at least that I've seen is like her sitting and like one leg is like a skeleton leg and the other one, you know, or it's like an aged like so I don't know, like I this is a situation where I feel like if you knew absolutely nothing, I don't know if you have a completely like different experience, but there's the concept of uh, dramatic with dramatic irony. I believe it, it like is when the audience knows things that the characters don't and that creates tension. And so like here, there's a little bit of a cheat in that. Like we know a lot of shit that they don't know, but it's like not because of the movie, the movie didn't get us there. It's that, the marketing got us there. And so you go in knowing a lot more and that creates some of the tension. I feel like, you know, or at least sets up some of the stuff. I don't know. So yeah, I'm rambling a little, but it, I, I don't know. You, you can't avoid that shit in, in a M night film, but it, mm. yeah, it's true. It's true. John, yeah, the title of the beach was already taken. So That's yeah. right. What are you yeah, like no one's ever used um, magic rocks again. was not taken but yeah. the pcp dealers just <laughs> um would you recommend old john shelton yeah totally totally go in go in with an open open heart and an open mind um but yeah open i like that caitlin yes i would casey yeah john schnars no are you serious Twist. I'm going no. I surprisingly, I'm a yes. I'm a hard yes on this one. It's real fun. All right, it's gonna do it. Let's take a. Oh, you know what? Before we do that, I didn't have a bumper loaded, John. So I'm just gonna. Even know how to podcast, bro. All right, let's take it again from the top. Always hit record. Always hit record. I'm still waiting. Can somebody talk? I'll cut this part. Guess out. not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screw it. Let's go Get with the five first. Podcasters in a room. Let's go with the, Let's say. go with the first one I clicked on. Let's see what happens. All right, guys. Let's take a break and do some fan mail. The shape, the face, the town, the night. Ten years later. The return of Michael Myers, rated R. Stop party to feel they were driving near you. Hey, this is Sasha Jensen from Halloween 4, and you're listening to Bloody Good Horror.
using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloodygoodhorror. time for fan mail but before we do that we've got some stuff to talk about caitlin oh let's look at my top 10 list first can you read me like the oh, yeah. bottom five bottom five so number f- well we'll start with number five number five is forever purge six oh. werewolf werewolves within seven malignant eight the stylist nine boys from county hell and ten psycho Gorman. boot the stylist and put this at 10 and push everything up okay this I don't know. It's, I mean, something's got to go for Halloween. Like, there's no way Halloween's not on there. I feel like it's Halloween, John. Michael Myers. I love the way when you do it in real time. It's like I don't know. It's just the, I like watching the the thought process. So do we, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love sharing it with you, John, yeah. and everyone. <clears throat> Thank you, Kaylin. All right, so uh, this next segment is going to be talking about the. 2021 Halloween Zoomtacular meetup for patrons. It's going to be telling both the audience and Schnars about it. Mm. Schnars doesn't know. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, I've been following along. Two I things, think, John. You know, One, have you? Do you have things. a costume? No, I was thinking about this today. I got to. Fa- I'm going to have to figure something out. You need something. Two, yeah. have you ever gone as Marty McFly? Because I feel like you'd make a real good Marty McFly. I just feel like the effort level on that is. It's, higher dude, than I might it's be buy a vest to. and like some sunglasses. <laughs> hair. You could do like maybe a big trouble in little China. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Kurt Russell, dude. Okay. Now I'm getting excited. I do need to lean on the hair. Now that you're, now that you say that it's I white tank top be pretty easy. How about yeah. Bill Mosley and house of a thousand corpses? <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's good. Your hair is That's a lot uh, healthier than his, but I think you could pull it off. I could let it go for a day. Still wash it for days. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't take that long. You know, I'm a sweater, Eric. So. <laughs> that would be real funny. Um, okay, so here's what we're doing. This is the deal. This is a Zoom meetup. We did this last year. If you are a patron, that's how you get the invite to go to it. So it's for patrons only. Um the evening is going to be broken up into two main things. There is a, the first thing we do usually is a meet and greet. Cause like there's lots of people typically on who haven't met some people who have, but we're going to go around, tell us what your costume is. Tell me, tell us who you are. We kind of get to know each other. And it's also the sort of beginning of the costume contest. Um, we then meaning the core BGH team here of me, Casey, Caitlin, and John are going to judge the costume contest. Did you know that John? I did know you that. You do. Yeah. You know that. Um, there was a, there was an email thread where that I was following, just not participating. Caitlin is not comfortable with judging or confrontation, so I'm going to be <laughs> the head of that, John. Just so you know, I'm going to I'm going to take the heat. I'll judge behind the scenes. Like <laughs> through, uh, a I like head. to express my opinion. So just so you know, whoever loses, it was not Caitlin's idea. Okay, <laughs> uh, but so then, so here's what's really cool. We have been working behind the scenes. Myself, Caitlin, and Elizabeth has been helping out too source like prizes for this because we really wanted to like give something back to the community make this event super fun for people so um the awesome people at halloweencostumes.com my boy wyatt over there 
He's he's my dude over there, John. He's hooking he, us up. He thought of himself as your boy prior to this. Yeah, I'm sure. Really he's hooking us up it. with for the winners. There's gonna be three winners for the costume contest: the grand prize winner, and then two runners up, a, a first and second. And the uh, winner is gonna get a hundred dollar gift code to HalloweenCostumes.com. The first runner up is gonna get fifty dollars, and the third runner up is gonna get twenty five dollars. It's basically a one stop shop anything you need. I think there's also some just fun memorabilia type stuff on there too. So like you can go buck wild or whatever. And they're, it it's all year long. So, and the codes I've been told never go bad. So you could save them for next year when you're planning your costume. All good. So that's the costume contest. Um, Caitlin also as the thrifty little prize collector that she is has put together uh four is it four door prizes, basically yeah. door prizes so all you have to do to win these prizes is show up we're gonna have a random name picker that everybody's gonna go into and you can win these prizes do you want to go over what those are briefly caitlin i would love to i have had such a good time with oh my this. god you just look so excited <laughs> dude i fucking love, love home goods <laughs> so uh the first one i'm calling it the drac pack so it's a cool <laughs> copy of bram stoker's dracula can i ask you a question um, did you chortle when you made up that name i i did <laughs> did you smile yeah, a little did. bit <laughs> i was like texting it to you guys like look <laughs> <laughs> um it also includes a universal monsters dracula and a dracula pez the second one is a witch pack. It's got a spell journal, a Funko Pop of Sarah from the craft, a moon nightlight, and some witchy pins. Ooh. Uh, the third one is the snack pack, which has some caramel corn, some pumpkin spice coffee, and some bat candies. I do like and that. no picture of snarks. I do like a good snack pack. <laughs> <laughs> The grand prize Charles winner is like clutching his chest like he might. The grand prize winner, yeah, the grand yeah, prize I'm winner gets the private OnlyFans uh, link. PGH OnlyFans been teeing it up for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the fourth one is the Skeleton Pack, which is a skeleton beanie, skeleton socks, a skull mug, and a framed scene from Poltergeist where she's in the pool with all the skeletons. That sounds dope. Very nice. So yeah, those will be given out randomly throughout the, the throughout the evening. The second portion of the evening, and if you were around last year, you're familiar with this. John, Mr. John Shelton here is going to be bringing us some kick-ass horror trivia. It'll be um, every person kind of playing individually. You could just hang out if you wanted to, but you're, everybody's welcome to play. Um, and so the grand prize for that, this is news to Shelton. I don't think he knew this. Um, you're going to win a copy of um, Trivial Pursuit Horror Edition. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find. There is a link to a book here. I'm trying to find it. There's a slasher like compendium book that we picked out. It's like a very nice coffee table book, lots of art and stuff. I got to find the name. I'll find the name while John's talking. And then um, the last thing is one item, anything you want from the BGH shop. Um, not limited to t-shirts. There's hoodies. There's all kinds of crazy shit in there. So like one item, anything you want. That is the winner. The person who can prove their horror trivia medal. Um, yeah. And like, feel free to uh, drink whatever party favors you like, go sober. Like I'll be, and, um, just have some fun, get to know some other BJH patrons, hang out with us, get judged by us, which I feel like could be some people's kink, John. I don't, I think <laughs> someone surely. I hope so. 
So John, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. John, can you just um, talk about trivia, your trivia game a little bit here? Like how, how you're putting stuff together? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're mixing it up a little cause, uh, some lessons learned from last year. I had a very complicated scoring system that, uh, that I was having to do. And so my experience of, of last year's Halloween thing was, uh, myself and, and my lovely wife, Susan, were doing uh, scoring. And then when we finally had the scores, everybody on the zoom call was just trashed. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> like, everybody was fine. And then I got done with trivia. I'm like, let's go. And everybody was like, blah, blah, hell, blah. So. Hell of trashed. And they, you know what? They were being led by schnars. Uh, I mean, I was nonsensical. By the end. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was real bad. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I found a new system that, uh, that scores itself. It's uh it's a cool little, uh, kind of online app based kind of, or not app based. You don't have to download anything. It's, it's all through a browser. Um, but yeah, should, should be good fun. Uh, should be, yeah, ni- nice and quick and easy and, and, and a good time for all. I love it. And I was very, I loved the questions last year, John, you are very good at, good at this. Um, the second prize, I just looked it up. It is the teenage slasher movie book, the definitive horror film reference from psycho to Friday, the 13th, the scream with poster art from around the world. Um, it is an oversized paperback, like coffee table size book. So there you go. There you go. So, okay. So the, we're going to send all these details out, um, probably next week via Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash bloody good horror, um, and support us at any level, then when the time comes, it'll be like a few days before you'll get a zoom link to come and join us. Um, and for everybody who's supported us, who's already supporting us, thank you. And we would love to see you there. And, um, just want to see people having a good time, enjoying the event. Because the world is still fucked, so why not let's get together and in a safe way and have some fun. And if people are worried about like they are not drinkers, like neither am I. So we can be sober buddies and just at some point exchange frustrated glances at, in the evening. <laughs> I'll be in my cousin's Everybody's basement. Everybody's judged one way or another. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm super excited. It was like, that was a ton of fun last year. And last year, like last year was like, we're all blown off pandemic steam. So it'll be, I think nice this year. And now they're all vaxxed up to maybe do that with a little less, uh, I don't know, pressure all around, but yeah, please. Uh, and if you're looking for stuff before Halloween here, there's still time. Halloweencostumes.com. Tell them why it sent you. Tell them bloody good horror sent you. Really, I mean, there's no way to do that, but you should tell them that. Why it's bro, Eric? Yeah, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, love it. All right, quick here. We got some emails. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com. This is all Caitlin from Kissimmee this week. Um, I'm sorry to report. So she, this is an email about the old Google report. Do you remember this, John? This is where this is oh, like. Boy. If you know the Google report, you are you go way back. Yeah, yeah. This well, is we where, gave it up because, like, it was there's like a whole lot. It of, was like, the early days of the there. website, and Mark would get these reports about Google searches that people found our site from, and a lot of it was just real weird. And we'd read them on the show. That went great, and then people started <laughs> gaming it, and then it, well, not people, and then it was it was like spam bots. Yes, um, but no, but there, there were people. Some of it was no, ones. there were. Yeah, yeah, I've, we've ones. since learned there were people that were just googling dumb yeah. shit trying to, you know, but. um Kaylin says, sorry to report, but I Googled bloody asshole trailer porn and bloody disgusting comes up in the search, but not BGH. I was curious if the old Google reports still lead to you. Hate to see bloody disgusting get your foot traffic. I mean, same, but you know. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Going down. Yeah, that was, that was a that was a classic back in the day, that one. Um, 
Okay. Oh, wait, shit. Hold on, hold on. I could look up the date here because she actually gave the date of the... Uh... I have a... She's giving me a report here on when you first said M. Night Shyamalan's name wrong. It is mm. episode 31, so that would have been sometime in 2008. Um, mm. John says... Uh, John gives his first half-assed word. It's event for the happening. <laughs> wow. Jesus, John. <laughs> Come a long way, baby. Long day, long day that oh, that's day. Or what? Church one. <laughs> you know, I salute my younger self. Look, he <laughs> called the movie The Happening. I think I must have done that. that. It was ironic, you think? <laughs> you know, John says it's M Night's name for uh, wrong for the first time and insists Eric is wrong and pronounces it Shy Melon. Of course, the classic <laughs> Schnars pronunciation. Set, uh, and then actually, I don't know how to say it anymore, guys. Like, I, legit, if someone came up to me on the street and was like, How do you say that? I'd John, be like, I don't fucking know. I'm not John, even gonna try. It's Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. I know. Well, when you say it and I hear you say it, I can repeat <laughs> it back. I'm not like, you know, mentally handicapped. It's, I can't. This is like trying to teach my three year old who <laughs> says wise for ours. Like, the problem <laughs> is, like, in the like neural pathways, it's been now, like, they've been trod so many mm. times the wrong way that i can't also if you were them. if you caught the the compendium episode we did for episode 502 there at some point there was some show where i just lost it on you <laughs> like demanded that you say it right <laughs> i don't remember what one it yeah. was but, yeah. Yeah. just just sing it to like the tune of manamana shamala i like that casey <laughs> Uh, info at bloodygoodhorror.com is the email address. That's it for emails. Casey, what do we got on Twitter? On Twitter, use the hashtag SBGH. We got a couple out there this week. First up, coming from Haunted Becky Tyler, also known as at Becky Tyler Art. This film is shot in a very claustrophobic way, many close ups, especially during convos, making the viewer uncomfortable. Do you feel it works to the film's advantage? I do, and it's part of why I loved it so much. It's aggressive. Yeah, he, it, the camera's aggressive in this movie. Like he's, you know, it almost, yeah. it feels like a character almost with how, you know, it's very, you were kind of always thinking about it. I'm so mad that Shelton. He like nailed it, and I'm like, God damn it! The clock thing. <laughs> Time uh, is passed. Like the movie. <laughs> Ooh, I loved it. Even and now I'm just like, oh, fucking smart people, Shelton and Shyamalan. Jerk. Well, that's the twist. I am him now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cool. That'd be the great ending for the podcast. Just rip the mask off. I like it. After we like struggled to pronounce his name, perfect. <laughs> Next up, we have Alex Jones. When did you know you weren't a kid anymore? Me, I was 29 and I threw my back out putting my shoes on and couldn't go to work for four days. Dude, this weekend, I uh, <laughs> I had a wedding weekend in Gordonsville and had a great time. But on Sunday, I got home and I was going to send a snap to some of my friends and I was like, Jesus Christ, like <laughs> ragged, feel like shit. <laughs> well, it yeah, was a rough Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people have those moments and oftentimes it is when you are suddenly and and like urgently called on to do some type of athletic movement that you have not done in a while. Like, uh, really lurch to pick something up that's dropping or something, and you just feel everything moving away. You're not you. You're like, oh my! It's like when you have that moment, you realize like how how far gone you are. I pulled a I pulled a muscle sneezing once. That was a pretty <laughs> heavy moment for me. <laughs> See, I'm gonna go. The, oh, go ahead, John. Go, go, go. I was gonna say I I, I played rec league kickball one time, <laughs> and uh, just running the base. <laughs> yeah, like 
something just happened to my legs and uh very hard to play off with like the you know 25 year olds who are on the team mine's not like a physical thing and and like it was probably it was the year after i graduated from college i showed up at one of my jobs i was working like multiple jobs and like one was like an internship where i wasn't getting paid and i had been drinking too much the night before and it was i can still remember it was that they basically i showed up i looked like shit i probably smelled bad (laughs) and you know because i had been drinking and they um they gave me black coffee and it was like the first time I ever like drank coffee to like wake up. And I've now I'm, you know, I've been addicted to coffee for whatever, <laughs> si- 17 years. Dude, it blows people's so. mind. I didn't start drinking coffee till I was like 27. Yeah. I mean, I was 20, I was probably 23 actually yeah. when I, when it happened, but, uh, I've still never gotten into it. Maybe I it would like help nine. me on Sunday. I would be, well, it, but it was literally like, you're an adult now. Like you have to show up at work and be functional here is the thing that you need. And I was Dude, like, ah, before, yeah, before my stomach rebelled yeah. against me and wouldn't let me drink it anymore. I used to get like, I would hit my physical peak of how much I could drink. And it wasn't a lot. Like, I would drink two cups a day if I really was like, like I might go three, but then the third one would always push me up against my limits where I'd be like, okay, I am, I feel the anxiety, my body hurt, my tum tum hurts, like there's stuff going on, but I would be, I would be always actively trying to train myself to have a higher tolerance. Cause I won't, I would hear people would be like, yeah, I woke up, I drank like a pot of coffee this morning and I would be jealous. I'd be like, I want to be that person that can't stop. Coffee. <laughs> I am a little envious. Like people that drink black coffee. The only thing I drink is like, mm, what tastes like a milkshake? Like I just, <laughs> like I can't, I still don't. So anyway, I'm it looks old. cool. We're all old. Yeah. Casey's yeah, totally agree. Casey's turned to dust, his bones to dust in the, over the course yeah, of the I know, show. At this point. But sometimes also our next tweet sometimes our next my tweet knees comes from like uh, Tracy Bullock. Sorry, mm-hmm. Jarek. Um at T Rexy S D Y D. Now I'm saying that with this next tweet because it actually works as an answer for Alex Jones uh tweet that we've lasted this long that we've got this question on BGH. Light bulb recommendations, please. Indoor lighting, not too bright, not too yellow. Watts, LED, help. And I will all tell you. Requires, this choice has me flummoxed. I will tell you almost any kind of modern LED bulb is going to be way too bright. If you're going to go that way, you have to go with like the yellow warm light ones because the blue yeah, ones will yeah. like burn your retinas out. Like there's just no fun. It's like institutional lighting. If you can, I think in some places you can still get halogens, right? Yeah. I think so. I mean, that's the way to go. Let's get that warm light. That warm light, John. Yeah, no, they make the LEDs light. though. They're like, but there's, but they're they're, they're still too bright. Way. They're really white. They're so bright. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I always I had don't, the, I don't like sixty watt soft uh, soft yellow or I whatever mean, it was. I, John's, <laughs> John's not the one to talk to right now because he's in a a dark, dank room just lit up only by the harsh light of a ring light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just like scowled at you. He's in a cool. dungeon right now. All right. Last up, last tweet of the night we have from at Duck Sensual. Hmm. How does knowing there will be a Halloween ends affect your hype for Halloween kills? I, you know, I saw that today. I hadn't really thought about it in those terms. I actually, it makes me weirdly more hype because I feel like setting this up as a trilogy, they could be telling you like, here's the dark one. Where like everything's just effed. Yeah. And at this point in however many Halloween movies there are, is it going to throw me up that they bring it back for a third movie? No. (laughs) At the end of the fourth one, they literally like 
a, a firing squad shoots him a million times. He falls into like a uh, like a well, and they throw dynamite down it, and then he still exactly. he comes back a year <laughs> later. And I don't want to blow your minds, but like. I think there's a chance even after Halloween ends, they might make another Michael Myers movie. <laughs> I mean, I know that's kind of crazy and that, I mean, it's right there in the title, but like, easy, they easy. Would never, I, they would somebody on go. Slack was talking about David Gordon Green today and some, or this week and somebody he reminded them of. And I was saying like, he reminds me of Kenny Powers sidekick and Eastbound and down. Cause that's what he looks like. And now he's hanging out with Danny McBride. That's oh, well, they, they went to film school together, didn't they? Yeah. They, I probably, thought they were, they like rape together. Yeah. Do you know Shelton? You know what I'm talking about, right? Like he looks like that dude. I yeah. don't know what he looks like. Kenny uh, isn't Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Anyway. Yeah, those two have written most of those like Eastbound are down together, haven't they? Well, that was Jody Hill. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Is that it, Casey? That is it. Let's do some Instagram. Let's go back to. Oh my God, he does look like that guy. Told you, it's really. Now I gotta look. Which, like, if you've seen that show too, it's just that makes it really funny. The thought of that thought of that actor is great. The thought of the two of them, like from that show, making a Halloween movie is real hilarious. Kenny, wow, are they? Is it like his brother? Do you know what I'm saying? He looks exactly like John. When they were doing this first Halloween movie, I thought it was him. I thought they met on Eastbound and Down. And now they're bros and they're making a horror movie together. It's that's not him. So and that's also not a, a flattering person to be. Stevie, to. Little, Stevie was his Stevie. name in the show. That's Stevie. Right. Steve Little. All right. Best and worst Shyamalan movies go. How's that bad for the village? I really like it. As the yeah. best? What's the, yeah. What for me? The I mean, maybe that or Split. I think I was, I was pretty good. <laughs> I think Split yeah. is the best and I think Lady in the Water is the worst. Or the happening. Saw, yeah. The happening is very bad. The happening is happening so is pretty bad. The thing about Lady in the Water, Lady in the Water is peak him putting himself too much in his own movies in a very grandiose role, and He's that's like the main character. That's yeah, why it really, it really bothers me. He was the I'm wizard go in the old castle. For both. That's, that's my <laughs> yeah. answer. Strong, strong play. It was the best of Shyamalan. That was the worst of Shyamalan. <laughs> there you go. Um, this next question is about hi-fi, John. John, you didn't even comment on the new intro music. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, I, like, what did you want me to say? I, I liked it. It was a good time. That That's a start. Yeah, yeah that works. <laughs> I, I honestly... Babe, I got and, my hair cut and you yeah. didn't even notice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I, for, I forgot again that you changed the music. Uh, you know, you had told me. You and, sat here uh, and listened to it. And so I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I don't know how to take any of that, John, but thank you. Um... <laughs> This next question, Eric, your music project name, Hi-Fi, what does it mean? Is it an acronym, an abbreviation? Who would like to tell him? Did you plant this question? I didn't or... know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows the answer? Was really what was your into... inspiration for track three? <laughs> he was really into the uh, name change for the sci-fi channels. So. Yes. No. Well, it stands for High Fidelity. It's like an audio standard that goes back to uh, record days and into tapes and CD players and, and VHS. Um, and I changed the spelling to avoid copyright problems. So there you go. H Y dash F Y. If you like, if you like the new theme, optimization. That's right. Um, is it okay to do the five K Thursday instead of Friday? I'll be on a train slash wedding that weekend. Um, yeah, of course. Um, we didn't even mention that John BGH five K. 
Let me get up. Let me pull this date up quick. This is not. So this this show is going to come out on Friday the eighth. The five K is going to start. Let's say Thursday the fourteenth. If you want to get it on a Thursday, um, the weekend of the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. It's a five five kilometers, John. That's I believe three point one ish miles. Is that right? Yeah. Um, run it on your running app there. Send it in and uh, be a part of the event. It's going to be exciting. I'm gonna. I think yeah. I'm gonna walk it. That's a lot of people. Just make a day out of it and walk, which is cool. They can do their the listeners can do their five hours. Uh, you can do it in about an hour. I do it in about an hour. One year I did it in like fifty three minutes or something, which I thought was pretty good. I'm just gonna throw out there that the listener can do their five k on Thursday, but if they track their run while they're on the train, they may actually beat John. Yeah, John. One year I did it while doing my laundry at my apartment complex, and I would just pause my run keeper and then switch the laundry and then keep walking. Yeah, there's almost no way I'm beating my time from, I guess, last year That's or not, no, it was two years ago was my what kind of spirit is that uh, next up. What's your take on the new Game of Thrones prequel? I don't know if you guys saw this. It is House of the Dragon. Yeah, uh, it is. I believe it's about a specific period. It's 200 years pre Game of Thrones when there is a basically a the whole deal with the Targaryen families that there's all these offshoots. Um, because it's so old and like different houses that sort of spring off of it. And then I believe, I believe this deals with a rebellion specifically of like bastards. I think that like have formed their own. It's a whole thing. I think, I think that's what it is, but (laughs) it's, uh, but it's back. You've explained nothing, but it's back. It's the ash blonde people versus the golden blonde people. It's the back (laughs) in the period when there were dragons were just a thing. Not like, you know, I had, I didn't have any interest until I saw Matt Smith was in it today. So now I'm kind of, um, I mean the, uh, Dan and Dave, the, the showrunners, the show are not involved. George Martin's been involved from the beginning. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. I think it's going to be good. How, you know, I got an idea. How about he just goes and fucking write? I the mean, book? yes, yeah. yes. Christ but I also guy. like watching TV shows. I like watching dragons. They're cool too. Uh, it's just like ridiculous. Just hire someone else to finish the goddamn books. It's funny. You know what I like Dude, about they, this conversation right now, John? No one's here to make fun of me for talking about how much I like. No, <laughs> I just appreciate the way that you say dragon. I, uh, me, uh, there are some folks. Yeah, there, I, I say it dragon. There are some folks on my team that are from the Midwest at work. And we were trying to talk about like promo for work. And one of the options was a magnet and they kept saying magnet. And I was like, magnet magazine dragon. What? I was like, can you guys say all the words? <laughs> They said I don't like, think I say dragon or dragon. You say dragon, but like okay. I don't I don't know exactly where these girls are from, but I was like delighted and fascinated by the way that they are right, really quick, long A's. Really quick, Casey, what is the thing called that you call that kid little kids color with? A crayon. Yeah, that's not how I say it. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Okay, I love it. Um yeah, I'm excited for the Game of Thrones thing. 2022, it said. Um is it possible to not giggle if someone says, see you next Tuesday, unironically? Yeah, that's fair. I get it. Have you checked out Midnight Mass yet? Maybe not. Oh, yeah. We were talking about it pre, pre-show. pre I have not. John, so, some people are. I have not seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Good? Job, Thumbs buddy. up it's from good. the people who've seen it? Yeah. Quality, quality programming. Caitlin, you, excuse me, you described it as a show wherein you, uh, what did you say? Shoulder <laughs> full, sop? Full shoulder sop full, at the end. Yeah. I don't need that in my well, life. Well, here's my I question. As a Flanagan I'm, thing, as a Flanagan thing, here's my question. Where does it shake out on a scale if one is sad and 10 is scary? Where am I on the, the, 
spectrum. It leans here. more towards sad, I think. Probably about a four. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful though. He, like it's it's a beautiful. It's good sad it. though. It's not like miserable sad. <laughs> You're gonna feel great after this. Because <laughs> it's it's <laughs> why I it's why it's I loved I loved Hill House because it was real scary. Um, and I it's why I kind of was not into Bly Manor because I didn't I didn't think it was scary. I never finished Bly Manor. But what about we've mentioned in Flanagan a couple times and scary. What about the news today that he's going to be doing uh, Fall of House of Usher? Yeah, I saw that. Super down for that. Very excited. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, and hopefully it's going to be like the same as the the haunting things. and It'll be like a modern (laughs) thing, hopefully. He's just like out here not trying to pay anyone license fees for their IP. Like, uh, (laughs) public domain. Any old scary stuff I can make in the movies? (laughs) My dude, love it. Um, Next up, I like this question a lot. How are you? Just how are you? Mm. John, can I get an answer? I don't know. All right. I don't okay. know. <laughs> I don't know. It was the best. <laughs> no, yes, yeah, that's know. pretty good. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else volunteer an answer? I had a uh, really fun weekend, uh, recovering from it, but really fun. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Generally, these I'm days, I'm complete. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say I'm finally over my plague completely, so that's I'm good. doing pretty good. I would say generally these days, I won't give an answer outside of the current moment, and I would say in this moment, I'm doing pretty good. So there yeah. you go. Um, I love this one. This is a great question for people. Pay attention. Quit your editorializing the questions. Just ask. I can do what I want, John. <laughs> Unless <laughs> you're going to ask. Are you going to remember question Tuesday every week and do it yourself? I don't think so. Uh, Full disclosure, two people had to remind me this week in, over DM. <laughs> two fans were like, hey, are you going to ask for questions? <laughs> um, okay. M. Knight and Rob Zombie both want to direct your horror movie. Who do you pick to interpret your vision? I, I said, let them both do it. Yeah. Fight it out. M, no, M. Anthology. A much, much better director. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. If he's not writing, that would. That would what help. if M. Night Shyamalan? I mean, true, what if M. Night Shyamalan directed? Mm, this is what I want. I want each of them to direct a movie written by the other person, and then I want to watch both. There of them you go. And see what happens. Now that would be cool. <laughs> Oh, can you imagine oh. M. Night directing a Rob Zombie written movie? <laughs> like, M. Night directs these very heady, like, thoughtful, even if they're silly, like, movies. And just, I can't imagine his character saying, Imagine the people on the beach talking like Sherry Moon Zombie in the Halloween remake. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of interesting dialogue. In it's just like reading this script, like, why are like, these imagine this, white people talking to ima- each other? Imagine this, this super sophisticated, like, European dad saying the C word, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, I like that one a lot. Uh, one more question, John. There's your warning. Thank you. I'm three Good. movies into a phantasm marathon. Should I continue? No, no, uh, yes, so, yeah, yes. yes. Four is four. If you've made it through three and you were like, that was cool, you should also watch four and then yeah. you should stop and never even think about Ravager because it you, is so if bad. You made, if you made it to three and you're asking, should I continue? <laughs> Uh, I think you've answered your own character, <laughs> man. Keep going. Like, is it worth it? I don't, the four is really fun because it gets way deep up its own butt about the like planes and like time travel and like all the shit. I think you just have to go into it and accept that it's it, there's a bit of a fall off after the third one, uh, but you know. You gotta, you gotta close it out. It's, it's yeah, it's, but it's like this though. Like yeah, it's three, three, keep going. But it's three, and then four is like a little fall off, and then five is like 
in the dumpster. Five is five something, the, yeah. Five, the one that we did on the show? Yes, Rat, five Ravager is the one we did on the show. It was like the <clears> modern <throat> one that he made. It was real bad. My I've learned Lord. anything tonight. Life is short, so. That's a good point. <laughs> Spend your time wisely. Yeah, your cells are deteriorating as we speak at a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. I'm always aware of that. My bones may already be dust, even though I'm so <laughs> Eric and I have the arthritis. <laughs> I got the arthritis. All right. Oh my God. Next week, I'm super excited. Um, we are reviewing VHS 94. This is on, I believe, Shudder. So I believe this is a Shudder exclusive. That show is going to come out the day Halloween Kills comes out. Hot tip reminder, it's also on demand. Um peacock on the peacock and then the show the next week we'll be reviewing that because it the scheduling wouldn't work out so we're going to get to that but yeah that's our next two weeks john we can tell you the next two weeks that's cool titan eventually because i need some support and you know what if you're if has you're, sheldon sheldon have you seen that yet i've already asked him he was like the no. first person i messaged <laughs> like a maniac i was like hey have you seen this if you're out there i feel like uh our boy john here john schnars here needs to get gassed up a little bit so if you have compliments for john or just encouragement he doesn't really use social media because he's 90 so email them to me and i will text them to him and then i will <laughs> send you back his response how does that sound Eric, i will put be- it in a, yeah. a letter i have yeah. much more important things going Telegraph on it. but i'm willing to do this for john for john so. uh, oh i appreciate that let's uh let's pump, i'm here let's pump him up here all right guys uh that's gonna do it for this week's episode on old truly hope you are enjoying your spooky season we can't wait a few more weeks left we're gonna make the most of it don't forget patreon.com slash bloody good horror to get in on the zoom meetup next week the 5k lots of fun stuff going on at bgh and yeah that's gonna do it we'll talk to you next week see you bye bye so long bye bye